1: Good morning, and welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus and Paula Show. We're back on our regular set. The internet is worked out. My God, I feel like we's a God of miracles, signs, and wonders all over again. Uh, so thank you for bearing with us in this transition and in this move as we have been working overtime. Can we say Overtime. Overtime to make this happen. Uh, miracles don't happen overnight. I know some of them do. Uh, maybe like signing the paper happen in a moment, but everything leading up to that and after that is still in play. And I want to share with you today, before we jump into today, this month, A few weeks away is the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute at June 16th through the 19th, 2021, right here at the Embassy in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And also every Sunday at 10 a.m., we have the Congregation of the Mighty with Dr. Paula Price, 8 a.m. Sunday School with Prophet Angela Powers of The Force. And so we're going to go to a quick commercial break to give you information on both of those things. We'll be back in just a minute or two so you can get caught up and updated on what's happening right here at the embassy.
2: I it Thank you. okay. <laughs> <laughs> image one
1: percent off from light okay. Wonderful. And we're back. Wanted to get you informed on what's going on right here at the embassy. Why do you want to come to the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute? Prophetic training in wisdom, genuine prophetic training in wisdom, is not locked into one era of time. Or one season of time because to truly be prophetic in many ways you are ahead so the training that you receive now should also be able to carry you decades into your future as a prophet or prophetic person how do I know this well when we read the prophets right now they're still speaking relevant to where we are what we're living what we're experiencing the common conversation is it's antiquated it's outdated The Bible needs to be progressive. Christians need to be progressive and all of this other drama. But truly, what really has changed? Has adultery changed? Mm -hmm. No. We still murdering people? Yes. Stealing? Yep. Dying? Yep. Illness? Still need healing? Yep. That's still happening. Nations warring against each other? still warring against each other, devils jumping in and out of flesh, still jumping in and out of flesh, okay, people praising and worshiping somebody or something, somebody's deity, yep. So how much has changed? We act like in Christendom, standards and protocols for how we serve our God is different from every other God. Every God has the way they want to be worshiped, every single one. And as you go through prophetic training that is genuine, five years from then, 10 years from then, 20 years from then, you can look back and say, whoa, I can still use that today. How do I know? I'm under and have been under strong prophetic training. I left my tablet at home, had that thing in my hand too, and thought, oh, I don't think I need this today. I don't know what I was thinking. It's Thursday, all right? <laughs> and, and so I grabbed a journal out of my office, and I looked at it, and I thought, when was I writing in this 2012 mm. prophetic training notes from 2012 I'm going to share some with you today just to prove the point are you ready okay and everybody's like yes prophetic training with the one and only the dr. Paula Price. Uh, dr. Paula price elevate some of our young people hi dr. Paula price mm-hmm. When well, she's walking through the church and in this in 2012 She prophesied to somebody that was in our organization, she said, I had a dream about you, and this is the spirit that was coming to seduce you, and this is what it looked like, and this is how it will show up. very interesting because the season in which things play out is never the season in which it starts. Seed time and harvest, we think seed time and harvest is just for food or fruit and Things like that. But harvest time is a harvest on everything that's in the ground. Mm. Mm. When, when things start popping up out of the ground, that's when you see what seeds are actually in there. So not just the ones that you want come to fruition. It's the ones that are there, which is why you can sow a seed in a bad relationship in one season, and you think you've walked away, and you move on, and you find out you have an STD, you find out you're pregnant, you find out this person has wrecked your credit, and you're going to have to repair a lot for a long time after that season is over because the harvest time has come on those actions, which is why saying you're sorry is never enough. Saying you're sorry doesn't wipe away the slate. Come on. Repenting doesn't wipe away the slate. There are people who commit heinous crimes. They are forgiven by the family. I mean, the family genuinely is like, I forgive you for killing my child. But the penal system says you're going to jail because a price still has to be paid for the life that was taken. And many times we think if we say we're sorry, if we repent, that means that everything that we did and the consequences of it are wiped clean. And so in 2012, Dr. Price gave this very involved, detailed dream to somebody. And please don't, act, please don't try and guess who, okay? Been around For 21 years, a lot of people have been around, okay? So, oh, I know who that is. Unless you were in the room with the two other people that were with us, Uh you really don't know. So please don't try and guess. Even with the last couple of years, please don't try and guess because that's not what this moment is about. And you're probably going to be wrong anyway. And, (laughs) and, And gave that word. But when you don't really believe a word is true, you won't do anything with that word. We act like poor prophetic training. We act like the word does the work. I got this prophecy. It didn't come to pass. God must have missed it. Our favorite line, the prophet missed it. I mean, I pray for prophets. I was one for a long time. I was like, pray for myself. I pray for prophets because people mess over God's word all the time and they get blinded. Well, that prophet gave a false word because it said by 2010, I was going to be in this place and that place. I was going to be out of debt. I'm still in debt. I w- what have you done to get out of debt? Come on now. Have you been working on your credit score? What? Have you changed your spending habits? Huh? Did you cut up your credit cards? So you've been doing the same thing, and you want the word of the Lord, the prophecy, to do the work for you. Prophecy does not do the work for you it lets you know what work you should be doing. That's what the prophecy lets you know. Where you need to put your focus, your money, your attention, your energy, your resources, your family, your business, that's what prophecy does. It doesn't replace what you have to do. It tells you this is what you should do. This is what you need to do. This is what God has ordained for you to be prosperous or to be damaging. He might tell five people in the room, you need to start a business, you need to start a business, you need to start one. Man, you have an idea, and he says, you stay right on your job.
2: No! I don't want to stay on my job.
1: My boss is a devil. My coworkers, they're just full of mess. I just—I know that's not God because he wouldn't have me in that kind of environment. Uh, well, he doesn't want you to be as homeless on the street. Come on, now. That's his priority. Yeah. Pay check. It's his priority. Okay? Car in the driveway or on the street outside of your place. That is his priority. Because he knows you don't have the discipline to do your business. He might know this just isn't the season where your business will prosper. Mm-hmm. Work on it. Nope. You stay there two more years. That's not God. That prophet looked at me and judged me based on the way I looked and they just and, and all of a sudden all of a sudden the prophet who was so right with the person in front of you is so wrong with you because you don't like what they said. You don't agree with what they said. Your disagreement with a genuine word from the Lord does not negate that word. Did we grow up in a house where we didn't agree with what our parents said about us and discipline, and what did it matter? It didn't. And, in fact, the more you push back, the more painful it was, at least in my house. Remember one day my mom said to my brother, if you break one more glass washing these dishes, it's going to be the last glass you break in your life. Because you will still you will still do. The, you will... Your disagreement with having to have chores is not going to negate the mandate of chores. And if you think breaking all my good things is going to change my mind, I'm going to break you. And so a lot of times we think a bad attitude is going to change God's mind, like it. If I slam my door, if I show my disapproval, then God will change his mind. And that's not how any of this works. I love that commercial. That's not how any of this works. And so the word of the Lord went out about this person, and I thought, what year is this? It was January of 2012, and it took years for that word to play out, and it played out exactly the way Dr. Price said. She prophesied to somebody in 2009, 2009, if you don't get this particular root out of your heart, perfect set of circumstances, including... An out-of-town minister coming to prophesy to them according to their heart got them right out of the way and right out of their place, right out of their inheritance, the whole nine. So you can't think somebody gave you a word and you didn't like it, especially if it was about something you needed to change because, bless God, all the patterns that I'm finding in these prophecies as I'm going through my archives are prophecies that the receiver did not agree with them in denial, lying to themselves about where they really were in their heart. The heart is wicked. Who, who can know it? It's exceedingly. I mean, it just tells you, the word tells you all over the place that the heart is a hot mess. It really is. That's why he gives us a new one when we get saved. And they did not agree. They didn't think it was them. You're trying to be controlling. We're always going to throw the control element out there. When we want to be rebellious, you know how you never accuse somebody of being controlling, really, unless you want to be rebellious? And I'm talking about when you're in in a righteous place, not when you're with somebody who is genuinely controlling. And so it took a decade for some of these things to fully play out, but it was still true. And she broke down point for point. So I want to encourage all of you to go back. And visit your prophetic words. Visit what God has said to you, especially because we're going to jump at prosperity prophecies. Yes, I'm going to rehearse them, Prophet Angela. I'm going to put them to music, Prophet Angela. Oh, yes, because the woman of God gave me a real word. We don't like to go back to those words warning us that we're about to drive us and our whole lives off of a cliff. Because I have to pray about that, I have to oh, I have to seek God on that to see if that's really Him. And so I'm reading these words that she gave in 2012 and seeing how they played out. I'm like scary. She made a statement in prophetic training. You want a statement from uh, January 19, 2012, prophetic training? It was a Thursday. I wrote in my notes. It was a th- it was a Thursday. Okay, and she said that we must master speaking parabolically and plainly. And she's teaching prophets. John eight forty four. Satan imposed his own revelation on God's word. His own revelation. How many of us are really imposing our own revelation on God's word? Which is why it won't come to pass, or it will be skewed. It will be off kilter. Now you might get really large in your numbers and be very wrong. Very wrong. I mean, a whole lot of the of. Uh, Angels fell with Satan a lot of them left with Lucifer Weird, Like he walked out those he just strutted out those pearly gates by himself Later y'all. I'll show you. I'm right. No, no, that's not how that went down at all And they left disgraced and disarmed and stripped of their glory, but he did not go alone So you can have a lot of numbers and be very wrong If she said some wisdom is to govern and Others Is to disseminate and if you are a leader or a leader in training that's something to chew on I'm chewing on that now almost 10 years later some wisdom is to govern and others is to disseminate and so we are partnering with God not concealing what he doesn't want out we're partnering with him and there are things that you have to conceal and cover because not everything is for the masses we have a lot, a lot of ministers out there had have that Hezekiah itch. Come on, everybody. Let me show you everything in the kingdom that God has given, everything that he has done. And then we wonder how the church was easily infiltrated. And then we have wolves in sheep's clothing, walking around, masquerading as agents of the Lord, of shepherds of the Lord when they're really wolves taking out his sheep, we wonder how that happened because there were revelations that were released that were never meant for the public. Now, they were meant for leaders to take action maybe with the public, Mm -hmm. on the public, leading the public, but not giving it in their hands. There's a reason why you have to be still, Dr. Price, licensed and certified to handle certain levels of chemicals. Mm -hmm. We have a bunch of hairstylists in the church. We have some in the room right now. There are stores that are for the licensed technicians. You can come in. You can look at that shelf and that shelf. You cannot buy anything if you don't have a license. But I just, the license better in the state you're in.
0: Okay, because how are they going to know that you are qualified unless the license indicates you are a level or class this or that? Absolutely. So
1: the rest of us can go to Sally's. Yeah. No, but you know Sally get a little fussy over there. And you, can you, on, you can shop on, you most, can shop on most. We can shop on most shelves. Mm-hmm. We can shop on other parts. Yeah, yeah, we can shop on both. But see, when you have a license, you have access to another inventory room. They'll say, "Oh, come on back here." You're like, "Well, what's that there?"
0: Who knew you had a back there?
1: A, right. Sally, you have a back room. Yes. there's another oh, level no. of relaxer? Let's talk about that. The I professional just, I, relaxer I, I, I that, that the common man, your hair will be in the sink. All me, right, I, I don't have it. <laughs> it will be. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm it's with just not... there on that. okay. Um, and so it's like no, no, you have to have that. And so we, because we have marginalized titles, marginalized people, uh, nobody's better than anybody else, and because of it, we're just going to flatly release everything. To the, the market on the public, a lot of this has been mishandled, mismanaged. We've seen some explosions. It's like somebody working with chemicals. You have no idea what you're doing. I watched a YouTube video. Okay. And you just blew up your whole
0: garage. You lost your eyebrows. And, <laughs> it's it's always, eyebrows. And your eyebrows. It's always <laughs> the eyebrows. And it's always the eyebrows. I don't understand.
1: But your <laughs> eyebrows go they are sacrificed. Your face is
0: no longer framed the way God made you. Like, I'm like, but well, what is okay? But I, what is the eyebrows? You always lose your eyebrows. That's the and truth. And they take forever to grow back.
2: That's
0: isn't that the truth? The hair that you really
1: want. Where are you at? And the hair that you're like, why? What are you here again? Yeah.
0: <laughs> always, always in a whole other place. I just don't even understand. When I get to have me and Jesus going to talk about that. I was like, now, honey, uh, sweetheart, I'm going to need you to help me understand why the hair that used to grow so thickly up here now grows thickly. Right, right. I'm like, God, what is that? What what is that? And I do, I ask him. You know, all he can say is I ain't answering. And sometimes I I get the message when he doesn't answer. (laughs) It's (laughs) got to mean a little something, you know, like, Oh, so you're not answering him? Okay. No. Mm-mm. He's like, hmm. I, I want to know. I want to know. I said, uh-uh, no. Help me, God. But anyway, I'm excited. I appreciate. You want to see what I got over here. You know she wants to see because I, I don't tell her.
1: I like to be surprised with everyone else.
0: Mm-hmm. And she does well at it, really well at being surprised.
1: Not that I would know what you're about to say anyway. If I looked on your
0: slide, I mean I had
1: somebody who once thought that I did Dr. Price's PowerPoint, and this was like 10 years ago. I said, you're funny. How would I well, don't you do uh, Dr. Price's no. PowerPoint I, do my I mean, I just assume how in the world do you think I could string together <laughs> that revelation? To make a PowerPoint. Uh uh-uh. No, I we we do not do uh-huh. her PowerPoint. She does her own. Oh, we have some tech issues here. Okay, a little bit. Little uh, bit. We're back
2: in our studio. We are. You
1: know. Yay. <laughs> she said here that uh, now this is a prayer in January 19 twenty twelve. Guardianship and risk management is what we were learning in our prayer session, guardianship and risk management. Mm. And she said, you don't want to be a one-sided leader. It's not about what you have to say. It's about what the audience needs to hear.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's true even in marketing. In marketing, they'll tell you, you know how you want to sell your product, but what does the general population need to hear in order to even look at what you're selling? And so, with this statement, she was teaching us that leadership is not about us getting out there just saying, just saying it. Say what's on your mind. Say what's on your heart. But what does your audience need to hear? And she, especially back then, because this was almost ten years ago. Bless your patient heart, Doctor. So patient, my God. Somebody get her an award right now. Uh, I mean, bro. The things that we put this apostle through. I can be honest. I was there. (laughs) And so she was teaching us that you getting on a microphone is not about you rambling until you feel empty. How many people have we heard say, just talk until you're empty? I just came. Now, there is, you have to be on assignment and not leave something behind. There is that, where God will send you, this is your assignment, you need to do all these points, and then you're done. This context is her training us that every time you get on this microphone, you don't talk until you talk to people under the chairs. <laughs> and, like, they're passing out because they really wish you would stop. Not because your revelation is so good, everybody's laid out. Like we are on, well, every time we come together. That's fine. But that's, we fall out not because it's like, okay, we need some fishes and loaves happening here. <laughs> because are we going to door dash? Are we... What? It looks like we're going to be a while. Some of the preachers who get up there for three hours and just go and go and go and go and go, four hours. Now, sometimes that's called for depending on your situation, but like I said, in this context of grooming her leaders and grooming us to be useful and responsible to the Lord, she said that prophetic ministries, and at this time she was teaching us as prophets, prophets in general don't know when to stop talking. They don't because the Spirit of God is pushing. And if you're a prophet, you know that thing bubbles up on the inside of you. It's effervescent. There's a real reason. You get fired up. The anointing is rolling down your head and just drops of sweat and everything else, and you just have to get it out, get it out, get it out. You don't even know how long you've been on the stage. You step in the spirit realm, and if you go all the way in, you don't know how long you're out there. And you look up and say, It's been two and a half hours. Wow. Anybody else is like, yes. (laughs) it has been two and a half hours. Like since you started talking, not since we've been here. (laughs) Okay. We can all be here for two and a half hours. That's fine. That is a okay. But mercy. All right. And so she was, (laughs) stop talking. And so she said, you have to read your audience. Like, Dr. Price will preach. You know this sometimes. She'll preach, and she's heavy, and she's like, to be continued. Mm -hmm. And we're like, where? When? She said, my audience, they've had enough. That's it. They're full. Now, we think sometimes, keep going, you know. Keep Mm -hmm. going, Pastor. Just take Mm -hmm. your time, Pastor. Take your time, Pastor. Take your time. time. Mm -hmm. Just unload, Apostle. Just do it. And sometimes even we don't know. We are full. And you're going to start having a lot of runoff. A lot of runoff happening there. And, and so even as a prophet in training, and at this point, <clears throat> 2012, when were we ordained? Who does? It was before I that. I have a lot yeah. of life to do. I know. Live. You know, I have to go check my wall. What's the help me. <laughs> and she was teaching us that your gauge for being finished and wrapping your prophetic thought is not looking at the audience to see when they look like they're about to pass out. It's knowing these are my points. This is where I'm stopping, or I thought I was going there. Oh, thank you, Tylen. Two thousand six. She's telling me <laughs> we were ordained. Thank you, oh and goodness. so she I was like thank you. It's been for a while. No, you've been around that long. Ooh, That's true. God. Thank you very much. I love it. <laughs> so 2006, and and so she was grooming us for that. She said, because you'll get in those environments, people will be all hyped. They'll be excited. The spirit of the Lord is moving. Uh, she said, but you will be uninvited from other platforms because you don't know when to stop. Mm-mm. The speaker mm-hmm. tells you you have 45 minutes. You go 90 minutes. You go 50 minutes. And don't be somewhere that's broadcasting. Oh, Lord. You have no wiggle room on broadcasting.
0: No no wiggle room. Yeah. In some of them hotels, you don't have wiggle room. No,
1: because we have to get out. We have somebody else who's prepared Mm -hmm. and needs to do something, a song or a dance, and those other things that we will easily dismiss as not being as important, but that person has worked equally as hard as you or harder. To prepare for their five minutes of ministry. Mm-hmm. And so Nine we minutes. can blame the Holy Ghost and be very rude and blame Him for our bad behavior. Yeah. Right. And so she taught us when we first did our sermonettes. Ta-da. She said a sermonette is like seven
0: minutes. The et means shrink it.
1: it means X. shrink. It's like a donut hole. <laughs> You're just the middle. That's it. All right? You are not the whole dessert. You're almost
0: just being allowed, but to tolerating your newness.
1: That's it. That's right, because we have to put you somewhere to see what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Not because we actually want to hear you for an hour just yet. All right? You have to work up to that. And so we had our sermonettes when we were ordained. See, y'all weren't around, bless God. you weren't. Around. So we had a midweek sermonette. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you had seven. And she went, She had to regulate because some, some of the ordained folks, I mean, 15. hmm Thirty minutes. She said, "Now that's a message. Right. You and don't." And she used to say, and she'll still say, to "The trainees, you don't have enough in you for a message." No, no, and I'm bored already. But I'm bored. Yeah. And she would sit there. And I would tell him, "I'm bored." Yeah. And she would sit there like this. If she was there, I'm bored. And she'll say, "Sit down. You have been. You're just in office. You don't have enough to say for a thirty minutes."
0: And you have how about? Me? And
1: I know because I know what your training program didn't
0: have. Yeah. And I know what your grades are. And I know where you graduated. Okay. So So some
1: people just prayed over the offering in the beginning. (laughs) And it's true. And she taught us to be responsible in that, but to know that when you come into an office, and this is my
0: favorite hot button right now with apostles. Well, I want to go back to one statement. Okay. Where I said, but you have made that statement six times. Because that's the only one you got. Because you think you just scrambled. If this is not scramble, you're not scrambling this statement because that's all you got. So, if you have to repeat it more than once, you know nothing,
1: and we will let you know. and see back then, Dr. Price was building her leadership team., Jeez. so even we even we had a lot more latitude than we offer now because she was building the team, so it's like when you are in that time of war, you just need to get troops trained and out there faster than, and in, in our training program was thorough. It really was. But even, even some of those things that now we make people wait, the, the probationary period, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, before we get to that, we were, we were building that up. And I say to Dr. Price now, even with apostleship and coming into Office of the Prophet, when you come in as a general, when you earn, when you finally get there, you one star. Mm-hmm. And we want to jump in commission four star, boom. Five-star. 5 stars. not a star war. Some people's five. <laughs> I mean, war. you can name the five-star generals in history. That's
0: <laughs> how few there are. Yes. Because we, we don't like a lot of wars. <laughs> you know, we we don't. We don't have any. Can we have more ambassadors than generals? That'd be good. What? Yeah. Oh, no, but, but the, you
1: know, the pomp and the circumstance.
0: Yeah, I it think It's in the
1: general. Let me
0: tell you, but also the wounds and the scars. Okay.
1: Let but, you know, I'm knows. excited.
0: You are definitely, look at you being fresh, trying to be, act as if you are getting there, seasoned. Jesus. But, you know, I, one of the things that I will say over and over again, if you want to be close to me, don't be dumb, don't be lazy, don't be slothful, and don't be undisciplined. Don't be difficult. So if you're difficult, I don't, I got I have to, my whole career is di- dealing with difficulty. So I don't need it in my rank. So if you're difficult, I'm not going to use you. Because I can't take you seriously and I can't take you seriously because you don't take you seriously yes, because when you take yourself seriously you present the best of you not the worst of you you want people to walk away with a good impression
2: mm-hmm. not scars and burns.
0: Oh, so I just need you so you all remember I said it, a, a social media act as if you heard me because you can talk about me being hard all day long but let me tell you why I'm hard I'm hard because literally You know, inflammatory people are very thin-skinned. That's why they're, you know, I mean, kerosene, gasoline, if they're inflammatory, but you know they're thin liquids. Yeah, Yeah, they are. What puts them out is dentistry when we put that foam on that fire. And so you need to understand that you may think it's intelligent and it's smart to speak your word and declare your thoughts and all of that, and I might hear you and walk away, Mm -hmm. but don't assume that I'm letting it go. I just walk away. I have a whole team. See, I got this to go get it. This is not that. Ha-ha. So I need you to understand that if you want to be somebody's help, then you ought to make it your business not to be their problem. Okay? Because if you're problematic, then you are not helpful. Health ministry does not have a tag cause problems. You cannot be helpful and harmful Ooh. at the same time. You're either going to be helpful or you're going to be harmful.
2: Jesus.
0: Just remember I said that because, see, we give you all so much useless rhetoric. You all walking around eating gooey donuts and, and cream-filled, cream puffs, that. You don't realize right. that these people are still acting on what I just said. They're just not telling you. Right. Mm. Wow. So you walk around under this cloud of rejection that fuels suspicion because you become suspicious of everyone because people reject you, never inform you, don't educate you, don't even tell you how to fix it because they don't care. You are harmful. People move harm out of their way, or either they get out of the way of harm. Is that good to tell you? Because, see, some of you all have these ideas that your intent excuse you from politeness, courtesy, mm. etc. But you know, if your intents if your intents become inflamed when they not, they are not allowed, Jesus. then your intent was not to be helpful. Mm. So you really meant to be harmful. I'm either going to have my way or nobody's going to have their way. Mm. Mm. See so it's either me or everybody. Now, how do I say everybody? Because then you get all loud. You want everybody to know you got issues. You want to scream it out so you can discredit everybody in the, in the circle. See, that, if that, that was your intent. Wow. Wow. The mechanism of that intent was pretense. Oh, wow. Because if you really meant well, you would, A, do what you say you're going to do. When people act like that, they are people who can't keep their word. You can rest assured they can never keep their word. They get mad. They're going to do all kinds of mean stuff. They're going to do all kinds of retaliatory things, write you all of these nasty, stupid letters, because so they, they're too, too passive-aggressive to tell you. And if they, te- if they attempt to tell you and you are not as weak as they, have, they thought you were in the mirror, because people always have these mirror talks, oh, nobody in there but the mirror, you in the mirror, the mirror is 100% on your side. You are the winner in the mirror. You look alike. You sound alike. You have equal gestures. You and your mirror—the only thing that 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 is close as that is you and your shadow. And so,
2: <laughs>
0: so you have these mirror conversations, and then you go and you step up on somebody, especially a leader, and you think you're gonna win because you won in the mirror. And, but yeah, don't. But it has a mirror. Yeah, but you know you got that mirror up going there. So you got a lot of mirrors to help you out there and mislead you. And so you 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 don't realize this. I'm going to tell you a genuine leader is never promoted too soon. Not a genuine leader. A genuine leader is never promoted too soon. Now, why am I telling you this? Why are you hearing this? Simply because you assume that when you met them they began their trail and track so you're treating them based on how you meet them but a genuine leader will tell you i'm not ready i need more i know this is very prestigious i don't want to mess it up this may be my only shot or my personal favorite i don't want people to know me or remember me this way in my error in my mistakes so a genuine leader, an egotistical leader always wants to bypass readiness because they feel that what they, were, what they brought into the world is sufficient for all the world needs. Oh, wow. And so today, that is, that's the difference between charismatic, when you think about a person and their charisma, that charisma can, can produce conceit and antagonism, and you name it. Arrogance, all that. All of that are people who sidestepped the training. They may have read the textbooks, They did all of that, but they never believed they needed it. Mm -hmm. So so their education was more for compliance than capability or competence. Wow.
2: Wow.
0: Because rash people, hasty people want to be in leadership. I want to come in the door. I came to your church two Sundays in a row. I need to be with you. Mm -hmm. I don't know why i got people who've been with me for all these years, and they're not with me. I'm still making them knock on the door, come around the back, and carrying on, because, you know. Mm. So you have to recognize that people are not leaders. They don't become leaders when you meet them. And when you sit down and listen to their stories, you realize most leaders not only have a story or a testimony, they have a path. They have a track. Yeah, so when I was in the third grade, I led the so and so, and then when I got in sixth grade, I was the head of us and so I got in high school. I was the class president, or I was assistant to the plant president, or I ran this. I started this club. I started that club. So you're talking about trying to fight somebody who has fought their way to the top? Come on, mm-hmm. did you want to hit Val? I just thought you might feel better. Yeah. See, true leaders are not novices, and they're not novices because they are also not afraid. They're not taken off guard because you're having a tantrum. They had to defeat the spirit of tantrum to get to the next level. They had to deal with ugly people and ugly stuff. Those people didn't get there. Like the, and they had to deal with the wounds that come with it and the wisdom that comes from the wounds. Because, you know, Jesus, by his stripes, he learned some stuff. Yes. Oh. Okay? He didn't just learn it in class. Wow. He didn't lear, just learn it as he strutted down a, the, the roadways or highways and hedges presenting the gospel. So you have it in your mind that you know stuff because you read a book, you went to a couple of conferences, Maybe a few people let you carry some luggage and some water, pitcher, <laughs> No, 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 water pitcher. You know. And so you misassess, and you always will misassess if you, if you run on what you know and don't care about what you should know. So, uh-huh. I'm going to give you a little. But I need you to understand, most of the church, most of humanity today, because the educational system has been bludgeoned and butchered, they are now entitled and they're given this, this false validation for running on what they think they should know or what they know and not caring about what's to be known. Now, they're only doing that to the lower strata, because trust me, the upper strata is still getting that top education. Right. Because this, the, uh, this caste system that these, these social, socialists, are uh, this is a serious caste system. Yes. And it's the, it used to be the have and have nots, and now it's the no and the
2: no-nots.
0: Wow. I know, I know. So the no-nots are the ones who are going to be the manual and menial laborers. The knowers are going to be the thinkers and the thought leaders. So you can buy the lie. You can put your kids in those schools talking about, well, you know, I just think that, that that's what I, I, I'm telling you that you're, you're literally crafting a future for your child's dismissal. They will not qualify for jobs. That's the, that's the whole purpose. Because if, if, the, if their philosophy is that the government takes care of everybody, the government has always got to look smarter than the populace. So how do you do it? You dumb the populace. So this whole, those attitudes that you just, I'm, I'm just going to speak my mind. First of all, I'll tell you right now, your mind does not mean anything to us, the present or the future. Your mind just sounds good to your ears. You almost want to say, now don't that feel nice because you said nothing. and no, Again, your mirror doesn't answer that. You do. You, you ask and answer your same questions. So as, you, as we go forward, the, the idea of how to make it or how to rise is first of all, be, what did he say? Slow to anger, yeah. slow to speak. So you can hear the matter out. How many times have we blown off and just, just the ab, and whatever, only to realize that we should have just listened two more minutes. Just two Sometimes just two more seconds We talked about You know how often people tell folk off in emails And tell people off in text Based on your empty mind Uh Why do I know your mind is empty Because your emotions are taking its place (laughs) (laughs) And so whenever Your feelings Take the place of your intelligence, then your instincts stop being lo- being based on a logic or ration, and they become based on emotion or anger. And when people are angry all the time, it's always a ten nine eight three two one window before they blow up and do something. Because they because they walk around seething, they walk around fuming, they walk around over and over again. All you can do is hey, I'm, I'm mad, and I'm like. First of all, you know, the world is like, who cares? You know, two-thirds of the world is mad. That's why we have wars and fights and all of that. So you have got to make yourself in control of yourself. So I can make me me. in control of me. me. So there's a whole section in 3D that tells you how to bring your will back under your control because when you don't do that, your emotions – control your will they steer your will and that is what destroyers that is what bullies that is what oppressors captors and enslavers rely on Mm -hmm. they need your will to be up for grabs and what puts your will up for grabs more than emotional sentiment i mean just look at what we just went through with the whole the whole centennial thing, a time that should have been for cleansing and healing and purging, was actually refueling for anger and future rage. It was a refueling. Because the emotions are acting as if they have the intelligence to carry out what will secure the future. And that didn't happen. Instead, we, I mean, black folks have been mad as long as they've been black. Come on. <laughs> All we do is mad. we mad at everything. You go to a supermarket and somebody who came from no place, going, from, going nowhere, standing at a counter with a few pennies, a dime, and a need something card, and they're going to tell off the clerk.
2: <laughs>
0: they're, they're always in a tell-off mode because they're not intelligent. Wow. Wow. They're emotional. Now, the emotions have an intelligence, but it's based on sentiment, meaning it's based on your sensations, it's based on your feelings, it's based on your senses, and not on your logistics. So when you all do all of that, and we, you know, and they'll tell you, I'm not the woman for the job, because I'm going to call your devil down. We're going to do that because we're not having that here. I'm not going to be named the embassy, and every time you turn around, I am the Empire Strikes Back. That's not happening.
2: <laughs>
0: no, she's like, we should get this stuff. I was like, no, so we're not doing that. So I need you to understand that when you behave like that, my reaction is just because it's not verbal, I've got an instrument here, i got one over here, i got one in the back there. I got a couple of them that know where to go and what to do next. Nobody puts their worst on center stage unless they're trying to destroy the impression of the audience. Isn't God a sugar? I need you to be very clear on who we are. So when you see that and then you got to get big and bad, Uh -uh, don't touch me, don't shut me up. Let me tell you something, I'm calling security. My own security is not going to let you wreck what I've built.
2: Come on,
0: come on. Come on. Now, I don't mind we're going to put you in some therapy, we're going to put you in some whatever, and if you're in, in, in if and if that doesn't work, we're going to put you in somebody's van.
2: <laughs> but you're going in
0: something <laughs> you're going in something, okay. That's right. We call the people. We got some wonderful people in this city, and we called them. You all don't know that we do, but we do. So you can grandstand if you want to. Now we we're going to teach you about expressing yourself, conflict resolution. You know, we got some great counselors here. We really have some good people here who can train you. We can train you. Ale Okay, but understand, rage doesn't reign here. Not here. And it takes all of us saying we don't want it. It took the majority of Oklahoma to say, but we don't want this. Because this ain't that. No. Did you notice? I picked up on it. (laughs) You just messing this morning. (laughs) But, so, but. But part of that is because people have been misled and miseducated about who and what God is. Many people are angry because they thought God was going to use them in their raw state. Uh, uh-huh. And he was not going to take them as they are. Just because God saves you as you are doesn't mean he uses you as you are. Because who would do that? Why would Paul say lay hands on no one rashly? That means don't put people in position impulsively, spontaneously. Have a track record. Know them that labor among you speaks to actually having a way to know them. Knowing them through training, knowing them through education, knowing them through life trials, knowing them through assessment. See, we just, because of the primitivity of how a lot of this charismatic came back online in the Holy Ghost, that primitivity made people think that the raw you were, you know, the most uneducated you are, the most impulsive you were, or the most emotional you were, it made them think that that was how God works or how God uses his people. How many of you know that's not how God is? God made his son. Now, Jesus is the son of God, the son of God. He, and he came to earth to, to be the son of man and become the servant of God. And for 30 years, we didn't know who he was. We heard about him when he was 12. That was it. And all of those years, he had to learn how to be human because yeah. yeah. he came. Remember, I only know God. That's the realm I'm in. He had to learn how to be human. He literally had to become the physical, physical model of the template he was making. And God did not, when Jesus was, uh, you know, first of all, he's off in the, they're trying to find him. He's 12 years old. He's debating with the rabbis and carrying on and blowing their mind at 12, but his father in heaven said, but you scared the parents that I gave you to. And since they know that you came directly from me and that you are directly my son, they were terrified that they had failed me. So I'm going to need you to pull back and wait till the day of your manifestation. Now, you could say that Jesus was wrong. No, he wasn't wrong because God needed the planet to know and the spirits that were ruling the planet to know that he had arrived. But it wasn't for him to take center stage like so many preachers do. They, sm- they find a, sm- a smart kiss or a Christian or a kid that can mimic sermon a- sermonizing well, and immediately that kid has a platform. But that's because that's devils. Devils don't need maturity because they're immature. I mean, you can tell they're immature by the product they produce. If it's true that you know them by their fruits, then let's look at their fruit. Yeah. That tells me who they are, what they can and cannot do. So everything they have is 100% the antithesis of the Almighty, their maker. Because if, if it wasn't, then they would be eligible to go back to their world and get their bodies back and get their strength and get No, no. They can't do that. Why can't they do it? Because it's permanently lost. That like you made a bid, it didn't work. Hey, so now and God repurposed them. All of those angels are repurposed as devils. He's repurposed them. You know, we like to talk about it, but that's what they are. When people say, well, "What is a devil?" A repurposed angel that rebelled against his maker. They lost the bid for power, and so now God gets to have 100% manipulative control over their being and over their existence. We look at them, we say to these people, you know, these preachers, that fall and whatnot, and everybody's like, ooh, God is using you." Yes, he is, repurposing. Wow. They are now repurposed for the dark powers that God has to use. See, we need to tell the truth. See, they are not, I don't care how much Satan blesses them, that's a short-term blessing because Satan does not have an unlimited budget. That's why he has to keep moving things. He has to keep moving it from person to person. You get 20 years out, he's a handful of folks that can have perpetual wealth and he uses their money and it's recycled, but he doesn't have an unlimited budget. He doesn't have the ability to, to create new wealth and new money. God does. For the Lord your God gives you power to get wealth, that he may what? Establish his covenant. So God does it. When, when, when God has to literally release something that will cause people to release their money for his budget to be increased. That is why when devils take over, we have inflation. You understand? Wow. See, devils are running. Right now, we let them start running our country. We got inflation. We've got crime manner of of impoverishment we have what people are now being monetarily uh, bribed to not work Mm -hmm. so we can doubt he can't maintain what God builds that's his shortfall when God builds it he cannot maintain it and because we haven't trained the body of Christ beyond church my good deeds and Jesus take us away isn't that what we do They don't know what we're supposed to do. They don't understand how we're supposed to do this thing. And that is something that ideally, if we can keep going forward, God gave his apostles and prophets to do. We have the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And so I want to show you this. We can look at the screen? Are you ready? Are you ready, Rachel? You sure? All right. We have our Brandy New, so we can be new, The Jesus and Paula Show, starring Jesus Christ. And And so we are welcoming you to the show, because we're like today's modern series. You get like 15 minutes of the program, and then they say, oh, by the way, (laughs) this is the blah, blah show. These are the people involved. We're taking that, Jesus and Paul. And now I know somebody had the thing, but I didn't get it. You'll give it to me later. But I want to share this with you, okay? Oh, uh, Jesus, is that man something? I just so so loving. Oh, I'm sorry. I was back in my prayer closet. <laughs> I, I lapsed. So we want to talk about knowing Tim, that I may know him. And the power of his what? And the the fellowship. See, we want the power. And God is real smart. He summons us with the power. And then as soon as we get really, really hooked on the power, we get the suffering. But I want to tell you something. Suffering as God is experiencing, Jesus is suffering. He is not doing cross any longer or any of those things. But what is he doing? Jesus is suffering at, at the, uh, with the gospel being frustrated, with saints being childish, immature, naive. He tells us, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And do we want to do that? Well, we're not quite sure we want to do that. But the suffering is that he has to put up with our poor consequences, oh. our bad results our terrible outcomes and then bring his glory and his righteousness out of it. The world has religion, God has righteousness. And so I want to talk about what makes us who we are in Jesus Christ. It's important. And and, and to understand minister, the mysteries. The apostles and prophets bring you mysteries. We are stewards of the mysteries of Christ. Not just the mysteries of heaven and whatever but the mysteries of Christ, because Christ is all in all. And people don't know what to do with God. They just like, yeah, we know He's God, but what do we do with him? And so when we look at mystery, and I'm gonna go back to the this, I have a comparison in my new three D book, I have a comparison of mystery versus myth, because people are in bondage and they're addicted to their myth. And often myths and mysteries are presented as the same thing just synonyms of each other and when you study their origins you find out that is so not the case but in this case uh, mystery they call mystery uh, as the, the 14th century a, the, a theological sense, religious truth by divine revelation hidden spiritual significance Mystical truth now you understand that when these people wrote this they weren't writing for God They were writing for religion and you're gonna have to be smart enough when you're trying to figure God out To know if you're going on the path of religion. Are you going on of the buddhistic path of enlightenment? We don't even know what that is because you can't be enlightened unless some some spirit that is brighter than you is turning the light Uh on. So we can have that so it could be religion It could be enlightenment you could be going on the path of spirituality. You can go on go the path of awakening and awareness. You have to find out what it is that you are using to travel from where you are spiritually and soulically to where you are ordained to be or you desire to be in God. So many people, you know, when they tell you there are a whole lot of paths to God, there is. There's a lot of ways to get to God. But there's only one way to get in his soul, and that is through Jesus Christ. If you don't get because the only thing that's in God's soul that God trusts is Jesus Christ. Jesus is going to show you the way. That is, he said I'm the way. And so it goes on to say here, secret, mystery, hidden meaning of something. And directly from the Latin mysterium, Secret right. Now, this is where we're going. Secret right and secret worship. Now we're going from experience to application. A secret thing. But all of it is about secret. And then you look down. Now, here's something. That's why I wanted us to know this. The root of the word mystery is not the same as mythical or mythic to indicate that ancient communications knew the difference between the two and chose the distinct word that would best convey their meaning. For instance, the OED, Online Etymological Dictionary, um, says this about mystery, that it is from the Greek mysterion, usually plural, mysteria, secret rite, or doctrine, known and practiced, not just thought and meditated. That says a lot, doesn't it? Known and practiced by certain initiated persons only, consisting of purifications, sacrificial offerings, processions, songs, etc. And also from mysties, one who has been initiated from Mayan to close or shut in, meaning mysteries happen in a closed setting, which is what she was talking about when she was introducing the broadcast she said no but we have all of this this blah 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 but when a power is serious about its people its purpose and those things that it wants to out or disseminate in its population it takes a secret small crew jesus 12 apostles were initiated for pentecost yeah. pentecost activated but that seek those secret sessions initiated and qualified them for it. Perhaps referring to the lips in secrecy or to the eyes, only initiates were allowed to see the sacred rites or the how-to. The Greek word mysterion was used in the Septuagint for secret counsel of God. So what's happening in secret? That is what the 12 apostles received, God's secret counsel. If you look in my dictionary under the word SOD, S-O-D, that is explained. If you have my dictionary. If you don't have my dictionary, go get it on however you get it. We have a bookstore. We have a bookstore, but if you're online, you need to go to Amazon and whoever else, because I think it's on every site you can figure out now. But understand for secret counsel of God. So mysteries bring you into the secret counsel. So when Paul said that God's apostles and prophets steward God's mystery, he meant early to get into the mysteries, and the stewardship has to do with management, dissemination, distri- distribution, and on we go. Yes? Okay, non-theological use in English, a hidden or secret thing, a fact matter of which the meaning Explanation or cause is unknown or secreted, hidden. So God does not reveal himself the way we want to tell everybody. He shall, the people have such little expectation and so much assumption about what is or is not God, they don't realize God's, God's been like, I'm the rerun. He's been rerunning. Just same thing, different faith, different place, different church different minister, but he's just rerunning. That's why we can all say the same thing and whatever, and that's what Paul said he does. He said, but, but that's not God's desire. That's not his ideal. Hebrews 6 says that we need to be taught again the first principles of Christ, which means we, have, we can't get to Melchizedek in truth. We can get to Melchizedek in mist, the mythical Melchizedek, but the mysterious guy. No, we can't get there. And we can't get there because it requires mastery of the first principles of Christ. Those are your initiators. Is that good to know? See, because when you're trying to teach people, you're trying to help people who think they got it. You know, I get these people on Facebook. First of all, I say, God, it's a shame you got this much, this much stupid in your body. I'm, a, I'm really going to pray for you, Jesus. Cause you got too much stupid in your body. Somebody got to pray for them, Cause I'm telling you right now, ooh, the stupid things that people say, and people don't want the truth because they assume the little they got is all. It's like you having a dinner party and plating all of the food, and everybody eating what's on the plate, delighting in it, finding it nourishing and and satisfying, and assuming that's all you have, and begin to narrow the totality of what you had, the bounty that you have in the back, in the freezers or whatever, to begin to narrow that, constrain it down to their little portion. Mm. I, um, one of my favorite books, uh, i got two books that really thrill me other than John. John will always take me to another place. And that is Hebrews and uh, Ephesians and Hebrews, both very apostolic. And so I'm going to take us Here to Hebrews six, just for you to understand what God means. His mysteries don't just show up because somebody says it's secret. Just because you didn't know it doesn't mean that God has never shown it. He just kept it from you, or he's just now revealing it to you. You know, but because of this whole teaching, he's your personal Savior. He's your person. You don't class God. But we teach it as if we craft him, and so here, therefore, leaving. Well, I'm going to go back to five because it has to read in five. man. Um, I like five eight. That's a good way to understand how God pulls leaders and how He opens up His mysteries. Though He were a son, yet He learned obedience by the things which He suffered, and being made perfect, He became the Author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So Jesus is your author of your salvation if you obey. And if you don't obey, then whoever you were obeying before becomes that for you. Okay? And so called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. See, so... We have to go through 57 synonyms to get the Melchizedek revelation accurately conveyed to every generation. All right? For when for for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, uh, again, listen to this, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk. And not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of what? Now, I told you, God's about righteousness, not religion. Mm-hmm. And we need to get clear on that. Righteousness and not our sense of rightness. His righteousness, the righteousness that he said it rains down from heaven. For he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Now, how do you mature? What does God call full age? Even those who by reason of use have their senses, see that emotional intelligence, see that thing? Senses. Have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. It didn't say good or evil. He said good and evil. And he said that for a very, very good reason. Because evil is is how people enter the world. And good is how they get in Christ. We're all born in sin, so obviously evil is it. But we cannot discern good and evil. Now, here's another thing. Also being able to discern evil when it's masquerading as good. And good when it's revealing or exposing evil. See, this here piece right here, we can hold a whole class on that. We can literally hold an entire 90-minute, three-hour 3, minute, a three hour class just understanding, A, discern, and why God said both instead of as we would say, or, and able to discern good or evil. Why is it important, and why does God call that maturity? Because in his realm, that's second nature, and maybe first nature. In his realm, righteousness is the option, the only option on the table. In our realm, it isn't. We have righteousness and we have sin or unrighteousness. And we have that because the earth is under the sway of the wicked one. So he's saying, if you're going to be a master in me, I'll see. Yeah. If you're going to master my life, my truth, my way of doing things, then you are going to have to use what you learn to build that new creation and to conform that soul to what we are in our realm, then I can use you for dominion. Then I can use you to recapture. Then I can trust my power to you. Then I can open up all of those Melchizedek things that Melchizedek understood when he was on the planet. I thought that was good. So who and what is God? Very important for us to understand that because we are, I mean, I think God is just absolutely phenomenal. He's got everybody teaching him every kind of way. And he needs it because not everyone can hear everyone or everybody in all of the places of the earth. So he needs it. But he's also it. You know, I went to God one day and I was fussing with my little religious soul. I was new in God. You know, when you knew all you know is the religion. Righteousness comes later down the path. So I was fussing with God and I said, God, it's just I just don't understand. Everybody's just, you know, talking about you and, and you know, this one and they building religions around you and blah blah blah. He said, Paula, I'm their father. Wow. <laughs> you know, I that's how I look because my brain went tilt he said just because they don't know me as their father doesn't mean i didn't father see y'all sound like i did you kind of like what do you so and so because we've got our biases we've got our prejudices We've got our sectarianism and all of that. We've got all of this stuff to make sure that we don't cross-pollinate, we don't cross paths, and that we treat everyone treats ourselves as the, the, the centerpiece of God's creation and everybody else on the planet as his problem. And that might be the case, but we too are problems. We <laughs> look problematic. Just a little problematic. So when he said that, he said, so... They don't have a choice. Even Satan can't do anything different from his Maker, Cause I and God said, because I'm His Father too. Yeah. Wait a minute, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, these are my early lessons, so I had to I had to fast track on by reason of you. I said, hold it, Jesus. Wait a minute. You mean the devil? Yeah, he began as my son. Okay. I didn't know where to go with that. But, see, we have got to know that. Now, he mutated himself. He separated and apostatized and alienated himself. But when, when you read that there was a day that God called a meeting in heaven, the sons of God had to come to the meeting, and who had to show up. And even if he didn't have to show up, he acted as if he could. He acted as if he should. Now, I'd like to know what that meeting was because God sure blocked him in so many ways. But obviously more blocked now because of Christ. And he had to come. And God says, so where you come from? Can you We can't even imagine God talking to the devil. Okay? And where you been and what you been up to? Okay? Since the last time we saw you. So he had to come. Judas had to be there so that he can understand the dark side of Christ's commission. But strong meat, strong meat. So he had to come to the meeting. Judas, and it was in Judas' best interest to do that. He just didn't stay with the, he didn't stay with the group. He didn't stay with the family. He came, got what he could get, and then went off to find out how he could sell it. I thought that way I hit somebody, I'm going hit or something. I got it. I got a, Thank you. I needed you to do something. But, but, but understand, we, we think this word, that God's word, or let me back up. We think that God's world is fractured and scattered and totally disconnected, and that God Almighty is 100% out of touch with every being that he brought into existence and incapable of getting into that. That is why we have stupid doctrines like, well, God didn't take that, man. The devil took it. Yeah, Satan can do a lot of things discretionally because he has that discretionary authority to do it, so nobody's saying that. But you understand, Satan can't kill what God wants to live. He cannot. He does not have that authority. Otherwise, none of us would be here. Right.
2: Right.
0: That's the thought, isn't it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> shut up, oh, shut. Yeah,
0: you know. Now, he's Satan is like the switch in the yard, my, my, my. the belt that that hangs on the wall, the strap that's around the car. That's who he is. He said to him. You can test him, but don't touch his body. Okay, so you can touch his body, but do not take his lying. So if the if the devil could have, don't you think he would have? He's a, I mean, he's a transgressor, he's a criminal, and he's a fugitive. That's why God is like, where you been? What you been up to? You know Jesus knew where he was. He like, but he had to answer. And he's got to tell him the truth. But he's, a, he's a lying spirit. But trust me, he's the father of lies who must tell his father the truth. Wow. <laughs> mm. I needed a sip of coffee on that one. You have, I got me a sip of coffee right here. I need you to think differently about the theology that we've been given satan cannot kill if god wants a lie god said i kill when I, the first time i heard that i said oh god he no 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 god took me because you know jesus is going to answer you according to what he wrote
2: yeah.
0: and he said but i kill and make a lie i make peace and cause calamity I am God. That's why I'm Alpha and Omega. We want to, right now, the, the, the religious devils who are trying to seduce the world want you to think that all destruction and chaos and mayhem are in their power and that God is weak and meek and totally impotent, like right? as if they kind of emptied him out when they left. That is why you have all of these stupid hero worship movies that make you know, yeah, but in the end darkness wins. In the end, darkness didn't win. You can't win what you already lost. <laughs> and so we are going to have to realize that the loss of the planet does not is not limited to humans. So I'm going to you 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 understand? Are they flowing? Oh yeah. We're
2: killing
0: them all. <laughs> <laughs> so Hebrews chapter six, remember, both good and evil. Now you're gonna hear you, I mean, they've got ridiculous philosophies about the, the the battle between good and evil. The battle between good and evil has nothing to do with what it once did. It is not the same battle. Wow. The battle between good and evil right and right now is God Getting those who were in Christ before the foundation of the world to become like Him. It's a battle for us. Heaven's won. We we like done. We did the cross. We did it all. We we, we, we just waiting. Okay, now that doesn't say that they're not having spiritual warfare. Please don't hear that. But you understand, it said we wrestle not. It didn't say they wrestle not. <laughs> 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 said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Heaven is like, we're, we're not wrestling, we're imposing. God has enacted the law, Pente- Pentecost, he, we're imposing it. The biggest issue God has is enough of folks like us to learn this and to teach it so that he can awaken his children from the bewitchment of devils. They keep telling you, we it. No, 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 y'all not it. Because your, cause your daddy can't be it. All right, therefore, Hebrew 6, 1, therefore leaving, what did I do? I just seen you. What happened?
2: You said the ball
0: you <laughs> I mean, he you can't. You can't. Therefore, leaving the principles, and I put in my Bible, ABC principles, of the doctrines of Christ. Remember, it's about Jesus the person, which is why my teaching on creation being biotic is important. Of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Okay, so God, we, can we get we, repentance. And uh, faith toward God, that's a relayed foundation. That's what all the new people get to come in. And here these old folks got to go back and repent from their dead works and then go and find their faith in God. Of the doctrine of baptism, should we be water baptized, fire baptized, sprinkled, dunked, we don't know. And of laying on of hands. I don't believe in laying on of hands. Well, I think that everybody needs to have hands laid on. If it's a deathbed repentance, probably not. Okay. And of eternal judgment. Well, do you really believe that there's a hell or a heaven? If if Jesus is in you, that's not a question. That's a reality. If he's not in you, then it's a question. All right? And then he said, and this we will do if God permits, for it is impossible. Listen to this, because we don't teach this, and we people are playing with their salvation. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. We don't get three trips to the Enlightenment well. We don't. Who were once enlightened. Now listen to the criteria, because these are real factors critical factors of your salvation, but also prove that you are an initiate that is qualified to know the full mysteries of God. He says, who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift. Now, the heavenly gift, you know, people are, well, what is that? The gift of salvation, forgiveness, we pick one. He said, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. See, a lot of times we forget that that's there and we're made partakers of the Holy Ghost. And then we move on, just in case you figure out what church you're in or are not, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. If they fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves, the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. See, we don't read that enough, do we? We need to read that a little more, just a little bit more, because he's saying very clearly that apostates will not even have an appetite or an interest for God to come back and get them. There are things you can do that take you so far away from God that it they sever the appetite link, the interest link between you and the Almighty. Now people tell me once saved always saved and everybody saved all day long, but this here is telling me no, that, and, they, and they don't even, and, and people don't lose their lose it on the mysteries, they lose it on the mundane, on the routine, on the commonplace repentance. You think that you don't have to repent because you got a reason for acting ugly. Nobody cares about your reason. Heaven does not say, hey, I know you had a good reason. Are you kidding? We all got a reason. We got family. We got kids. We got jobs. We got neighbors. We've got a whole lot of reasons to behave unseemly. But God doesn't say that. Still, Jesus still stands on if your brother is mad at you. If somebody is mad with you, you must go. And clear the air you because all your gifts after that you walk around knowing that you have somebody upset with you if you have the ability the possibility of going or the likelihood of finding them and clearing the air it, they, he didn't say they have to take your, your forgiveness he just said we gave it and I need to clear the air so I can get back to my offerings to my God Amen. so I'm gonna tell you right now I'm sorry well, I just don't want to say, that's your business. Now you need to go someplace else, because you don't have art with me, or you have art with me, but I don't have art with you any longer. I'm off the hook. So here I'm going back to the altar to finish my offering. I, I got to go back and finish because I was in the midst of it, and God will tell you who and when. So we got that, and then he says, and the, he said, "So people are going to hell on the foundational principles of Christ not the deep mysteries and revelations and he said tasted the heavenly gift." that means that you've had a taste of heaven I don't know if that means anything to you but you have had it like some of you all y'all brand new you're just learning God is gracious prayerfully he'll keep you on the planet long enough for you to earn the mysteries for you to go through full initiation, because this is a, not just a, a, uh, an ability. This is a, <coughs> excuse me, a cognizance, not just a consciousness. Because consciousness engages that whole soul thing, focuses image, images on your heart. Cognizance are the wheels that turn in your brain that tell you what is and is not God, what's right, wrong, blah, blah, and where you make your choices. All right? And he, so he says that and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. If you are born again, if you're not born so a lot of these people we're mad with were never born again. They're not partakers of the Holy Ghost. So they never got out of hell. So they can't be threatened with hell. Because your name is already on the rolls there. You're still marked for that. You're still a marked, a marked person or a marked soul for hell. Because it's Jesus Christ that passes us from death to life. So death, soul death, is waiting for you and doing everything he can to not have to let go of you. And have tasted the good word of God. A lot of people have never heard the Bible or the gospel preached. They, they're in churches where they get slogans. They got, you know, they're pastors or motivational speakers. But what saved the soul is the power of the gospel and the name of Jesus. So we're going we go down further down. It says so we, we, we got that and the powers of the world to come. So you understand this is stage by stage by stage by stage by stage. Before we get to the deep things like, God, how did you make the heavens and the earth? God is like, that is none of your business right now. Your major business is to be born from above. That's your major business. You need to get me on the inside because I can give you all of this stuff. I mean, come on. All the science we got going on out there, how many people does it take to do a major heart surgery? And God comes by with one little old lady who's been talking to Jesus every day for 63 years. Her little finger is like this. She can't even open the rest of her hand and go and say, the Lord told me to put my finger on your heart. Boom. Hospital institutions you got them huge mobs of medical professionals high experts high technicians and you got this little old lady in this little old church that nobody wants to come to but her job is to go to that church and pray every single day and she obeys god and that little finger goes in the name of jesus i command you to be made whole." no medical degree you know, that's why they pick at us, because they like, we done paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. So no, we're not going to give you credit for laying hands on somebody and them getting healed. We're not doing that. Well, understand that. You know, that's turf war. That's territorial games. That's protecting your turf. We understand it. But you cannot say it didn't happen. And this woman gets a whole, this woman passes through that little finger a whole new heart in, like, what, seconds? And the heart is brand new, and probably will outlive the body that it's in. Why? Taste of the powers of the world to come. That you know, because a lot of times people wonder, well, what does that mean? That means you know, God heals. You know, He delivers. You know, you've had Him heal. You've had Him deliver. You've had Him save you. It's cause he's saying, because in our world we don't have those problems, but we do hold the patent on their solution. Go ahead, girl. You can't help it. Hit that liberty bell.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: so when we when we thinking about God and when he says the power of the age of the world to come, way, way back, it used to say the age to come. But now they're saying the world to come. It's the same thing. But there is a power that, it, and he knew a power was coming to the planet because it had come. But now it's manifesting itself. So God saved your job. That's the power of, because you know good and well you should be, your boss hates your guts, and never done anything good for you, and has never talked to you again after the blessing won't even talk, didn't talk to you before then, not talking to you after then. So you know that's the power of another world, and that is what we bring. That is who we are. That is why we do what we do, that we become vessels, (coughs) excuse me, of the power of the world to come. Okay, I guess I have to get a little water. And not just. I'm just going to church to get my blessing. No, you're supposed to go to church to refuel so you can be a blessing. Because if you handle God's business right, you don't have to beg for blessings. You don't have, God gets excited. If he gets excited, he just starts pumping gifts out, pumping treasures, pumping answers, pumping solutions. Because that's who he is. God steps up in your presence. He comes the full package. That means whatever is him. And whatever deficit is in you or your world, those two collide. And God supplies all your needs. People, this whole Satan's con- uh, contest with the saints, because he didn't have a contest with God. Everybody acts like, is with God? No, no, no. He doesn't know, no. Not when my Bible tells me that God can arrest him for a thousand years.
2: <laughs>
0: you would think he'd hide, escape, or something. But he has to go back into his cell for a thousand years.
2: Wow.
0: See, when I, when I read the I started reading the, the other pieces, and I was like, wait a minute, Jesus. <laughs> so God literally has him roaming. He's, he's on a leash. His, his leash is eternal, and it's full of a wisdom we don't know. But he's on a leash because God knows we are here because God rules him. I told God said to me one day, he said, No, but I run devils.
2: Yeah.
0: I said, You do? Yep, I run devils and I run demons. They don't run me. I said, Okay. Right, you know, I mean, you're talking about in Jew, Michael standing there. He's literally standing there, arguing with the devil over Moses' body. Now, if he was all that formidable, he would have just took the body and left. He'd have, you know, taking Michael out, you know, disarmed him or something. Instead, we see Moses showing up on the Mount of Transfiguration to let us know who won the argument. Because <laughs> Mike is like, I'm not going back to my maker, a failure. God, he told me to bring Moses home. Because they understand God's words are best. We missed it because we are, you know, obviously we're learning, we're growing. But see, they understand that if God say go bring Moses back, he means by any means necessary. Because the, the issue, the instruction was not do your best. When you're at Michael's level, your best is it. And the only thing better than you is the Almighty. You're the best God's got. God did not send one of those lower angels. He sent Mike. Why did he send Mike? Because Mike had already cast Satan out of heaven. So, he, honey, he, he, so, so you understand, see, we have, you know, because the devil has pumped people, you know, well, we can't think. No, 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 no. So when God sends a Mike, you better understand the planet needs to bow. God, Jesus didn't even have to send him to come himself? He said, I, know I got a Michael.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so
0: he, so Satan comes to get the body, mm-hmm. and Michael is like, No, no man, no man, no. Mm-mm. And so they're arguing. And, and what are they arguing? Because sometimes people think, well, what could they possibly be arguing about? Satan is recalling all of Moses' failures. Mm-hmm. The failures that justified him taking that body. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on. God is really smart mm-hmm. because God made Moses see best. He made him die. He doesn't have his soul, clearly, but God is not letting Satan repurpose and reuse Moses' body to deceive his people. So he's not doing, I'm no, 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 because Moses' soul, he's going to get a brand new body, or either God wanted to use that body to renovate it. I mean, he could because it was certainly upgraded by all of the exploits exploits that Moses had performed, had done in all of his days. But the point that I want you to get out of this is that God's power is great. God did not create the earth wondering if he could keep it. He did not create human beings hoping that he could keep them alive but being totally ill-equipped to redeem them. See, I'm trying to give you the God consciousness. That's what we don't know. So these are things we're going to talk about in future broadcasts, but you need to recognize that God did not create humanity in his own image and likeness without an alternative plan. To, because he already knew he had a devil. And he had already seen what that devil could do. God's wisdom is scary. He's already seen, oh, no, no, I know this creature. Yes. Matter of fact, I made him the way he is. I made him. And you hear people say, well, did he have a fighting chance? He had about as much of a fighting chance as, as a, what is his, a Judas. Jesus did not have to follow his devil's impulse. God told us in the beginning, sin lies at your door, but you must rule over it. And so Lucifer was more interested in being a ruler than ruling over his sin. Wow. So it has to do with your priorities? Is this all right this? I need you to recognize it. So there are things that help you understand our God and understand how he is. People keep talking about the Lord as if he is just, you know, he's just automatically yours. He's just, uh, all I know is I got him. And we don't give credence to who God is. So there are, here are some things you need to think about in, regarding the Almighty, regarding what what it means to get the best of God for you. See, because with God, we come up with blessed, test, best. You're blessed to know that there is a God. Because there are a whole lot of folks still walking around talking I don't believe there is a God, right. You know, that's like a kid being separated from their parent at birth, walking around talking about, I don't believe fathers exist because I don't have mine. And so the first thing we have to walk through is how to know him. Paul said that I might know him. So God expects you to know him, and he expects you to learn him and to know him through his son, Jesus Christ, whom he gave to the world. God gave Jesus to us. Why do we have to know through Jesus? I mean, after all, because God himself, the Almighty, couldn't come unless he created a vessel to put himself in to show up because he's all in all. So God is, if he's going to pull himself away from anything, we got to figure out what realm is going to die while he's over here helping this. I will always say it, and you should know it, Jesus Christ is God's portable self. And he calls him a son because he brought him out of his reproductive side, not his handyman, workmanship. And then how to treat him. People treat the Lord terribly. Why are we in this state in the or this state of existence in the 21st century because people were taught to treat God abominably yeah. and to say he better suck it up. Mm. He needs to suck it up, I mean, because he's God, and, and I didn't ask to be made and I didn't ask to be here. You know what? i got to be honest with you. God started reproducing everything. He reproduced one seed, Jesus Christ. Jesus produced every seed. That means that God, whether, I don't care whether you ask to be here or not, Whether the, whole, the only thing you're concerned about is salvation. Were you in Christ before the foundation of the world, or were you in God's life? He wanted a world. He wanted it inhabited. But more importantly, God is reproductive. He's reproducing all the time in all his creation, plants, animals, sea life, marine creatures, and all parts of him is reproductive. I thought that was pretty good. And then, how to entreat him? How do you approach God? What is your attitude? I'm, I'm you know, I've just taken to watching these Christian movies. And if I told God I'm a vomit, and I don't vomit, but I'm a vomit on the next one that starts yelling at God when they live like hell. Right. I want to ask, what God are you talking to? You fornicating, you are shacking, you're drugging, you're doing all of that, and the man still lets you breathe this air on this planet. Then you decide that you get your life right, but you decide that all of the lives you wrecked are insignificant in comparison to your repentance and your redemption and changed lives. So it's God's fault that what? You did this. You did this. And if you didn't do it, somebody did it for you, like your mama and your daddy, your uncle, your aunt, somebody in your family tree, because life in Christ runs on Codes and covenants. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you go running up to God, yelling at him, shaking your fist, that won't move him. It won't move anybody. It will not. You need mercy from the cop. Cussing him out is probably not going to. Yes. That's what you think, you think it will. Yeah, I, I could see the cop getting really tense. And, and, and someone will tell you, you know, I was going to give you a warning. But So you have to figure out, how do you talk to God? Do you talk nasty to him? Do you treat him like he's your slave? Is he step and fetch run and get? What do you think of him? Because that's important. Because God said to me, I'm God. I'm sovereign. And let me know, I let you hear me. Oh
2: it's
0: that see, see, somebody got that. <laughs> I, I opened your ear to hear me. You understand? Because there are millions and billions and trillions of ears I don't open. They're just hearts, I swear. And they think it's them, and I let them, because it doesn't matter for what I'm trying to do or what I'm getting done. So the fact that you hear me say anything is a big, big deal. I let you hear me, but you don't talk to me like I'm nobody. And let me know, because, you know, well, see, when you are an apostle and a prophet, God really campers down on that because, you know, you've become, you've brought into his archives, you're brought into his communication streams, not just a word now and again. So he's talking, he said, and let me know one day, you don't talk to me like that and you don't treat me that way. He said, now, I won't tolerate that from you. So when God opens you up to here, you better know. You better know he is serious. And talk, that talk, that he said, you don't talk back to me. I'm God. I let you hear me. I let you know I exist. Because remember, i got two-thirds of the planet that's still asking questions.
2: <laughs>
0: Humble thou <Domino>. Lord."
2: <laughs>
0: he told me, he said, you don't ever treat me like that. And I told him, I won't because you don't deserve it. How to view him. Your perspective of God has everything to do with how God will treat you and how he'll respond to you and react to your stuff. It has everything to do with it. I just want you to understand. Because people, well, I just see God as wind. Okay, so when a storm happens, you and God are interacting. Got that. Well, I see God as fire. Good. Well, go home, light your fireplace. Okay, because then you can see your God. Isn't that something? Well, I see God as a flower. All right, well, then go in the field or go to the the supermarket and get yourself a little bouquet and enjoy your God. You, you, You realize that sometimes we have got to answer a fool according to their folly. And then here's the real running thing. Your flowers going to die. So did your God die? You turn off the furnace of uh, the fireplace. So is your God gone? You see? And before Christ, that was not only common, that was compulsory because nobody knew. Other than Israel, and they didn't appreciate it because they didn't have that inside stuff. You know, the Holy Ghost is the inside man.
2: Yeah.
0: He's inside you, yeah, yeah. and he's inside yeah. everyone else. And so, your perspective of God, then you have a whole nations that say, Well, I just believe God is birth, a child, whatever. So, when they die, so your God has to reincarnate for you to believe in reincarnation. Right. So four, how to view him is important because the way you view God has everything to do with your hope and your expectations of him. So if you view God as a God that's cruel, you will have cruelty. Now, it's not because God is being cruel to you, it's because God's not intervening. You believe he's cruel, he's like when well, I'll let my cruel ones handle you. Mm -hmm. You think God is mean, you will find out you cannot get away from meanness in your life because the the only power bigger than the spirit of meanness that you have been moved by and that you're charging him with is him. So he's never going to do it. You know, you think God is an angry God? Don't worry about it. All your meat are angry people. Everybody's angry because that's your God. You named the God you have faith in. You named him, so the name that you give that's the one you have. That's why we when when you first meet God, and when we first i mean we, all of these years, when we first saw it, I, I still hear, hear uh, Brother Hagan there, but God's a good God. I had never heard that in the Baptist Church. Paul oh, wow. Roberts, but God is a good God, really? Uh. You don't understand how many of these churches have people living in fear and intimidation. And paranoia about God. I said, God's a good God? Really? Because we knew the Ten Commandment God. That was it. Thou shalt not. That's how we knew God, the God of the thou shalt not. (laughs) As far as we're concerned, there was nothing we shall do. It's very abysmal to go to church. You wonder why a lot of these people don't? It's very abysmal to go and serve a God that you, I mean, people walk around and don't think you are all the bad because you are nothing but a worm. I was surprised. I said, well, then why would he, why didn't he just make me a worm? You, you know, you're going to treat me like one.
2: <laughs>
0: why do you think all of these other religions, they, they get to either do one of two things, oppress you like that or deceive you into a fairyland, fairy tale version of God. Mm-hmm. I did not know God loved people. God loved people. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, I knew he had laws. I knew he judged. Mm-hmm. I knew he punished. But love? No. I, you know, I just went tilting, when they told me God is my father. No, he's not. Uh-uh. No. He can't be a father. He's too mean. How about God is broke? God had no money. So um, so that's why you make minimum wage, because your God is broke. Isn't that what Islam say? God's a poor God? I like the fact that they say God's a white man's God, and I'm like, but Jesus Middle Eastern.
2: <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? The man is Middle Eastern. He's your neck of the woods. <laughs> okay. What are we talking about? So your view of God has a lot to do with that. And then there's how to believe in him. How do you believe in God? Well, I just laid out some of my beliefs. Jesus had to tell me. I told you, I was raised in a house where they said, if you hear somebody call your name, don't answer because it's death. So I didn't answer when God called me. I had nothing to say because I was scared I was going to die. So God, Jesus said to me one day, so the next time you hear he said, answer it and see what happens. I'm talking to Jesus. Don't know I'm talking to Jesus. I'm about to obey Jesus, and I'm scared. So a couple of days went by, and it started again because he called me by name. The Lord actually called me by name. He's called me, Paula. I didn't know what to do So he reminded me that I should say yes So he called me again Yes And you know what he said Did you die <laughs> <laughs> And so I finally realized that Jesus could talk to me And I could live through it Okay, well, you think about Israel. No, don't let them, no, uh-uh, don't let them talk to us again. Don't let them hear us, because so we're going to be dead. How to get close to him. That's a whole session and whatever in itself. But we have to find out how to get close to God. We have already learned that cussing him out is probably not going to work. No, to work no. Accusing him of all your family woes, not going to work. Living contrary to his life, not going to work. Sinning, killing, fornicating, yeah. He tell you when you do that, I distance myself. Mm. He distances, which means he closes the shade, closes the window, and puts up a wall between you. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. <laughs>
0: and then how to be trusted by the Lord. That, that's a, a whole bunch of stuff. And lastly, how to be used by God. For God to trust you, he has to know that you're not going to wound violate, injure, or damage him. Well, a lot of people are out there, yeah, but not everybody's trusted with his truth. Not everybody's trusted, with which is why you're in a church, the way they don't tell you the truth. They're not trustworthy. While you're in a church that has turned to darkness, they're not trustworthy. Just because God allows somebody to start a church and maintain it doesn't mean he trusts them. He's just using them. The question is, what is he using them to do? How to be used by God. So in the end, did you like that? Did you all like that? Because yeah. you have to know what it is to know God. Who and what is God? God says to me, he said to me, well, he doesn't have to say much as today. Now I'm telling him. But he said to me in the beginning, I am God. And we listened to that and we like, well, yeah, duh. And then he said, no, no, I am God. Meaning everything not only is mine, it came from me. So I have access to everything, everything. That means there's no heart or soul I can't touch or turn. Not one. There is no life I cannot rescue, save, or destroy. And the problem is we want God to be the good God. Well, see, God thinks everything He does is good, so you know He already got that worked out. You know, God, a thousand people died. Yeah, that's good. Uh The angels in heaven, like, go ahead, Most High, do it, because you know you suffered a lot. They treated you dirty. They lied on you. They robbed you. They killed your people. They did. And He goes, the, the angels are telling God, go, God, go. And we're like, that's a devil. So you're not going to get close to God if you keep ascribing his works to his adversary, as if his adversary is an independent, an independent agent. Satan is not an independent, an independent agent. He is a fallen angel on work release. Mm-hmm. When God is finished with the season. We're going to have a season where Jesus takes over, and all this other stuff is going to go push back in the background, and it will start being underground stuff again because that is what God is. And hear this, because as I wrap this up, I need you to keep this in mind. Jesus cannot let Satan have a win that will destabilize him. So when it looks like he's won, he hasn't won. He's progressing in the commission or the campaign God gave him in that generation. He can't win. And so God took the power of win from him. He took the faculties of win, the consciousness of win, and all he has is a passion to recover, does not have the power to recover. And you've got to know that as the elect. Now, to the folk who are not saved, he has all right. He is not doing wrong. He's doing what he ought to do because that's why he's in existence. That's why he's out of his prison. Yeah. Work release. Yeah. But we, as the people of God, have got to shift our attitudes, and we're going to have to become as Jesus is. Remember, we said, As he is, so are we in this world. Did we not say that? As he is, so are we in this world. We have got to be like Jesus. We've got to think about what does it mean to be the first offspring of the Godhead? What does it mean to be the first son? Not the first son on earth that's cursed, but the first son on a curseless world on a deathless world, on a literally holistic, omnipotent, unable to be uh, to be invaded world. What does it mean to be the first son of an impervious world? Mm-hmm. That's a different thing because we're born fighting death, right. and he's born manif- manifesting, stewarding death. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? When you look at all of the people who sold out, they sold out because this is their only world. And they don't understand the power we have as offspring of the God. I hear you, girl. <laughs> uh, any comments? Want to make a last-minute comment or announcement? She said no. Now, for those of you who are here and who are in Tulsa, Tulsa area, Oklahoma area, I will be speaking in Oklahoma City on for the freedom rally, and Ashley's going to see to it that you have all the information. But I'm one of the very huge lineup at the um, 26th with General Flynn under and with General Flynn and uh, Jackson Lawmeyer, who is a candidate for office here in Tulsa. So if you're here, you want to get more information, either go to my website or you can, you know. Text possible ask me or call 877-419-1299. Please call. Why don't you all use our phone? 877-419-1299. We have real people who answered the phone. Isn't that wonderful? Because a lot of times you don't, people don't know that we've changed. We've done amazing things here at the embassy. As I wrap this up, I want to encourage you to play this and listen to it again and again. And after you listen to it, share it with someone so they can understand and know their God. And on top of that, I've just given you some amazing codes, some powerful codes that will increase your intimacy with the Almighty, that will bring you into God's presence, that will lay the foundation for you and the Lord Jesus Christ to get up close, cozy, and comfortable with each other. So so a seed. When you get powerful revelation, you know, Paul said it, when you get spiritual truths, then you should want to share your material bounty. So sow a seed. Rachel has it on the screen. You can show to us. And until then, till Sunday, we'll see you Sunday at the embassy, the congregation of the mighty where God stands. We've been praying all week, so you should come Sunday and see what kind of fire and what kind of breakthrough and blessing the Lord has here. Yeah. yeah. We have been praying All week, we finish Sunday night, so you definitely want to come and see what God has for you and partake of what he is pouring out on us. God bless you. Have a great day, a great weekend, and we'll see you Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty where God stands. Until then, think differently, live powerfully. God bless you.